this is a time when I usually dismiss children, but today we are not because today is World Communion Sunday. And you may be asking, well, what is World Communion Sunday? Well, it's when the world comes together and we do communion on the same day. And so it's just about as technical as it gets. But what's special about this is, is that um, we're all doing communion together, whether no matter the different time zones or different places of worship, we are all uh, choosing to do communion together. And that is what's special. Um, if, you, if it is your first time here, welcome. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us this morning. We're glad that you're here. If you're watching us online, um, welcome. You may be watching this later on, and we're thankful that you're here and, and worshiping with us. Uh, welcome. We are in our series called Thrive, and we kicked off this series with making sure that we understand that the giving of our time and talents and gifts, it's first and foremost a spiritual issue and not a financial one. Um, this is the season where we are doing our stewardship campaign, and so next week we're going to be talking about that, and then we're also going to be talking about what you're going to receive and what are some things that you're going to get and, and what the expectations are, and, and we'll talk and unpack that a little bit more next week. But, um, but it's, it's about our giving back to God for the work he wants to do in this world is a reflection of who he is in our lives. It shows our worship and reverence. Look, we want our people to give so that they can experience uh, what it means for us when we give to God's work. Our giving uh, to God is meant to transform us. Why? Because we are called to be brokers of hope. And that's one of the things that we talked about last week. We are called to be brokers of hope. Now, I know that we've been talking about money and finances and things, and, and I don't know if you know this, but did you know that the first national coin was minted in 1776? Um, it was authorized by the Continental Congress. Benjamin Franklin provided the basic design for this coin, and it has the inscription, Fugio, which in Latin means I fly. How many of you knew this? Uh, when I was doing research, this is the stuff that I came across and I find. Anyone in the hair who, who knew this? No, I am the first. That's always great. All right, so now you learn something, right? Uh, uh, it means in Latin, there's a little inscription. I think we have a picture of it um, uh, somewhere. Do we have a picture? If we don't, imagine a coin with this word on it. Uh, it, it, it means I fly. And, and paired with the wording I fly, there it is right here. It says fugio, and it means, it says, it means I fly, and then uh, paired with it is the image of a sundial. And uh, it's interesting because it means time flies, right? And so that's what, uh, and I don't know if Benjamin Franklin had this in mind as, as he foresaw that as we continue that this currency would continue to be a heavy stake in our lives that um, time will fly and so will other things out of our wallets fly, especially if you have children or if they have uh, expensive hobbies. Yes, not only time flies, but money flies out of your wallet as well. And so a lot of things. So he, he foresaw a lot of things. The, the coin also on the other side also bears, and you don't have to show the picture, but it, it, it bears an interesting phrase. The phrase is mind your business. 
Um, and you may be wondering what Franklin or the Continental Congress had in mind for that phrase, uh, mind your business. I mean, it could be like, hey, this is mine, so mind your own business. Or it could be uh, like uh, one of the people that I used to listen to, his name is Calvin Broadus Jr. He sang a song, and he said these words, I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Some of you may know him as Snoop Dogg, but uh, he had some profound words. And so uh, I don't know if Benjamin Franklin had that in mind, but uh, there have been many times where I had my mind on my money and my money on my mind, and it, it kind of ran me in different directions and in not in the place where I think God wanted me to be. And so it's interesting. When we look at our money, what will we find imprinted on it? For some of us, it's, it's, it's really important to know whose face is on our money. Or others, it's, it's our heroes or founders, people who inspire us. But there's also, um, it's interesting, if you travel the world, you get different types of currency. And you, it's interesting to see whose faces are on the currency. Whether it's the queen, right, if you're in England and, and on the pound. Or if you're in a, uh, in, in a in a country where there's a dictator, uh, his face is on everything, right? And so it doesn't matter. It's on the money. It's on the walls. It's, it's, it's everywhere. And so uh, reminding, it reminds us all who this money really belongs to. The question, now the same question was brought to Jesus as well. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 15 through 22, there was an encounter with Jesus and the Pharisees. And they had this similar type question, but they, they wanted to set a trap for him. And so let's take a look at this passage. Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. They sent some of their disciples along with the supporters of Herod to meet with him. And they said, teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and you don't play favorites. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. He says, you hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. And when they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them. And they went away. This is like one of those moments where it's like Jesus has, if he had a microphone, he'd just drop it and walk away. Uh, and then he just, everyone's just kind of left standing there like, what, what did he just say? But this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As, as, before we continue on, will you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, we, we come before you. And if we really look around, um, everywhere we see there are things like logos that are imprinted on things. There's things that are trademarked. When we look at our, our currency, we can see that there are different things and images that are imprinted on it, faces, wording. And God, we trust. And yet, Lord, at times, when it comes to what we have and what we can do, 
um, you may be the last one we trust. Sometimes we may not even trust ourselves. But Lord, we are here. And so will you meet us here? Meet us where we are. And may you become greater and greater and may we become less and less. For you are our God and we belong to you. But most importantly, Lord, will you remind us that we belong to one another? We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Pharisees have come to Jesus and they have such nice words to say to him. And it makes you wonder, what's the play here, right? What, what, what are you guys doing? Because you're just, you're, you're really talking him up. And they're, they're making these really nice but slightly backhanded comments thinking they're being so slick with Jesus. And, and that Jesus can't really see behind their mask. But here's the problem. Uh, Jesus does see people. And he, he does see behind the junk. And it's the hypocrisy of the Pharisees that, that make them comment, uh, make comments like this because they wore masks that, that shows one face, but then they, they hide their true face. And they, they hid it. They butter, the, uh, they butter Jesus up with these unctuous words and secretly sneering at him. And the Pharisees have been dealing with Rome for a very long time in the Roman government. They've been paying and paying their taxes and handling finances and doing things all along, but now they come with this question because they want to find a way to trap Jesus. And they pose a, this question to Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to Rome? And, and they want to trap Jesus in condoning the Roman Empire. Or, even better, they can trap him into inciting sedition. Either way, they want to get Jesus. And when they do, gotcha. But Jesus was smarter than that. You know what Jesus does? And this is before, if you've seen the movie Jerry Maguire, you know the famous phrase, show me the money. See, Jesus already had it down. He said, show me the money. And he looked at it. And he says, and, and, and it's very ironic how they're trying to create this, right, this, this little trap. And they so easily pull out a Roman coin and go, here, here it is. Now let's see what he does with this. And so he takes it. And it's interesting because on this Roman coin, imprinted on the coin, is not only the face of Caesar, but the words Dominus et Deus, which means Lord and God. Interesting. Jesus gets out of this trap by giving a profound answer to give Caesars what is Caesars and to give to God what is God's. In answering this question, the way that Jesus did, he gives an indirect yes. Jesus implies that paying this tax is not against Jewish law. But then he goes beyond the question and asked by the Pharisees and saying that what is God's must be given to God. Loyalty to God is on a different and much higher level of importance than the simple earthly loyalty to the emperor. There's certainly a lot of meaning to be found in money, and Jesus knows that Money is a major factor in the shaping of our lives, and he focuses it on a great deal in his ministry. In fact, he, more, he focuses it more than any other topic besides uh, the kingdom of God. It is, one, it is the next most focused topic that Jesus talks about. The first being the kingdom. Second being money. And so in, in scripture it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And Jesus spoke about money, not because he was obsessed with money or that he wanted us to have lots of it, but because he knew that money was a heart issue. 
and that it is one of the most likely reasons for someone not to follow him or to give, or, or to give up on him. So here's a question for us all. Where does one find the imprint and the image of God in the world that we live in today? Because if we look around, we see things that are trademarked. There's images and imprints of all sorts of things. We look at our money. There's all sorts of verbiage and, and uh, phrases, and we see what's, who's on there. You know, um, well, actually, I don't remember who's on the face of the $20. Jackson? I, don't, I can't remember. Anyway, but there are faces on, on money, and there's things that are imprinted to remind us of these things. But I think what Jesus is getting at is he's asking the question, where do you find the imprint and image of God in the world? And where are we going to find that in the world that we live in now? Well, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Jesus, God said, we are made in the image of him. And he says, not only that, but you will be stewards of all the earth. See, he says you reign over it, not to lord over it, but you will be stewards of it. You'll be responsible in caring for it. Jesus is saying that the taxes are paid in Caesar's wanting. He wants what his, what's on his, uh, his, he wants what his image is on. And so if his face is on it, he wants it back. So give back to what, what's his. Caesar doesn't want to lose what his face is on. And I'm sure the government doesn't want to lose what, they're, what they think that they own, right? But see, God doesn't want to lose what his image is on either. And that is us, you and me. If we are made in the image of God, what is the inscription that is impressed upon our hearts? If we are made in the image of God, what is the inscription that is impressed upon your heart? Do you know what Christ's coin is? It's humanity. It's us. So if, if, giving is the if giving is first and foremost a spiritual issue and not a financial one, then stewardship is a spiritual practice. Our spiritual lives require us to have healthy margins. And Jesus was very intentional about he, uh, how he answered the question that the Pharisees proposed to him. He was not going to encourage people on the margins to defy Rome and jeopardize their lives. So what does healthy margins mean then? What is the, what is the inscription that God wants to place in our hearts today? What, what's the inscription that God wants to write in your heart to live by, to do? To glean into each day. Because we are in the midst of becoming, of a permanent becoming. Each day we can make small but meaningful steps in response to God's grace that forms us to be more and more like his son Jesus every day. So what are we going to, what are we doing to pay attention to and what are we doing to pay attention to in our lives right now? What are the realities of this season of life right now for you? What is shaping it? Is it that you have your mind on your money and your money on your mind? What are the things that 
that are shaping you right now? Or is it the very things that God is inscripted in saying, you are mine and I am yours and you belong to me. And don't forget, you belong to one another. How is that leading you and me to be a tangible expression of God's love? See, these are margins I hope that we can create for ourselves to become spiritually healthy. Because stewardship, we're in a stewardship campaign and stewardship drive, but stewardship means to embody responsible planning and management of resources. It means that a person or persons act as a manager of resources such like a church. And I've shared about our vision and mission and how we as a church want to steward our finances and what we want to do. And how um, that trusting God with our finances, we want to trust God with our finances, but we also want to lean into the mission of the church. But it's also important that we take a look at ourselves as well. Where are we in the management of our own resources? Are we healthy? Are we living in a lot of debt? Has our financial situation changed since COVID or maybe since certain events in our lives? Do we feel like we have a handle on our finances or our finances have a handle over us? Where may you be? And the reason why I bring this up because our series is called Thrive. And to, to, to thrive is to grow or to develop vigorously, to flourish. It means to develop self-awareness and have the ability to adapt. These things become second nature. It should become second nature to us. And they know that they won't have all, anyone who thrives knows that they won't have all the answers or the skill set to have all the answers, but they will know who to call and they are optimistic about the future. And that is my hope as a church that we continue to thrive, that we will be a church, that this becomes second nature, that we have the ability to be aware of who we are and what we're doing, ability to adapt, to, that we, we know that we don't have all the answers or the skill set to answer all the questions that people may have, but we will know who to call. And we're very optimistic of the future of what God is doing here at our church. But here's something that's important. Healthy spiritual practices and disciplines start somewhere. And it starts many, much of the time at a deficit. But the more we practice it, it moves to a depth of trust and obedience in what God has in store for you. Remember, it's not what God wants from you, but it's what God wants for you. It transforms us. So what you give is not as important as you deciding and praying about why you give and how much to give and how you can practice faithfulness through your generosity. What, I, what I'm trying to say is this. We're asking people to give, to be good stewards because we're asking you not only to trust God but to trust us to lead in that way. But one of the things that I also have to remember is this. We also need to make sure that we are being healthy ourselves. Because I believe that all of that is intertwined in who we are as disciples of Jesus. To be healthy spiritually, to be healthy financially, to be healthy mentally and physically. And these things are important. Because if we are not, 
and we're not taking care of the things that we need to take care of in our families, in our homes, then how are we going to, are we going to continue to, to rob one thing so that we can pay another? No. We as a church want to grow in our healthiness. And so what we also need to do is our community needs to be healthy as well. And that is a charge for us. Because we must remember to have a healthy attitude about giving or about anything that we do should not be driven by guilt. We don't give because we're trying to earn God's love. We already have it. We give because you are loved. We are loved. And God leaves his imprint on us, and we're being used to leave an imprint, a distinct impression that validates the message of God's word as genuine. And that our love for one another demonstrates our faith and our generosity. See, the good news is that God claims us with the imprint of God's image and likeness. And bearing that image is, a, is humbling. And sometimes overwhelm, it's an overwhelming responsibility that God entrusts to us. But God believes in us and believes in our ability to live up to that calling in beautiful and amazing ways. You know... Um, a lot of times, my uh, initial instinct is, is that when I give a sermon, I want to have it nicely wrapped in a nice little box and a nice little bow, and I want to give it to you and say, open it, here's the answer. But today, there are more questions than answers. But that's okay. Because I think questions are good. Because it makes us, it, it allows us to walk away and to continue to let these questions sit and just simmer in us in hopes that the questions that we ask will lead to better questions and will lead us to better answers. And, and, and it, gives us, it gives opportunities for God to meet you where you are as individuals. And what is God doing? Because if we're made in the image of God, what is the inscription that is impressed upon your heart? What is God writing upon your heart right now. Maybe he started a word, maybe he started a sentence, maybe it's a phrase, or maybe he's stirring you and leading you to do something. What has God started and what is he writing? And are we allowing God to finish what he started and what he's writing in our hearts? Because he's gonna continue to keep writing and he says, I'm not done with you yet, and I'm going to keep going. So will you be with me? Because I don't want you to forget. I belong to you. I've given my son for you. And you belong to me. But you also are connected to one another. And you're made in my image. You are the imprint of who I am. Every single one of you. And that is the beauty of who we are as God's people. Let us pray. God, we give thanks to you for who you are. And I thank you that we are made in, the, in your image, O oh Lord. And sometimes I wonder about what you are writing in my heart. Or in the heart of this church. Where are you leading us? What are you inscribing in us? 
and who you are, who are you calling us to be? Are you calling us to be a church that wants to be healthy and that we want to thrive? That we want to steward the very resources that we have and offer it to the world? Because we believe that the world needs to know who you are and why you love them. Because of what you have done in our lives and what you do in the life of this church. So Lord, will you continue to help us be a people that will thrive? Will you help us to be a people that will be aware of who we are? And know that we don't have all the answers because we are an imperfect people that worship a perfect God. But will you continue to lead us in the way everlasting and that we continue to offer our hands and feet to you because of who you are and what you continue to do in the world. And we thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.